Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dave from Chase the Summit, and we are back. We're back again for another week in Fitness Tech Review. I think that's what I'm calling this show. It doesn't really have a name. It's just my week in review, kind of my weekly update from my point of view. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about all the exciting new things that have been released or announced during the week and, you know, things I found particularly important when it comes to wearable technology, fitness tech, GPS watches, shoes, uh, athletes, endurance sports, basically a big, big old bucket of topics in my life that I particularly find interesting. And then I just spew them out here on my podcast because I can. It's my podcast and I can do what I want. But if you're enjoying this and you are listening to me right now, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you for joining me. <laughs> and while, while I'm there, uh, if you are enjoying this, make sure you give me a rating on your favorite podcast app, whether that be Apple or Spotify or whatever you're listening to me on. Give me that five-star rating and a little blurb about what you like, like about the show and make sure to follow or subscribe or whatever you do with podcasts because I'm still, I'm still very new to all this. So like I said, this is where I just talk about fitness tech and review. This is episode five and I'm going to talk about what happened this week. But before I get into that stuff, I want to start every one of these episodes kind of just going through what's going on with me right now, with my training, what's on the calendar in terms of races what I'm working on for the YouTube channel and that sort of thing. Okay, so what am I working on on YouTube channel right now? Well, I've got a few things on the back burner. There's kind of a lot, a lot of coals in the fire right now. Uh, first of all, I've been working on a video for Athletic Greens AG1, just kind of a weird topic for my channel because it's actually nutrition based and not so much like technology or fitness tech or anything like that. But I do find it interesting and I find it interesting because so many people out there endorse it. Like if you watch or listen to Joe Rogan's podcast or basically like any podcast, it, Athletic Greens has been sponsoring people all over the place. So it got me curious whether or not the stuff was actually good. So I went out and I bought uh, some Athletic Greens and I've actually been taking it for about two months now in my daily routine. I wake up, I have my Athletic Greens, I pour my coffee and it's all kind of tied together now. So I'm going to do a video kind of talking about how it affected me and my perspective on it as a completely unbiased review since I bought it with my own money. They're not sponsoring me because that sort of thing seems pretty rare out there on YouTube. Seems like everybody who talks about Athletic Greens is actually sponsored by them, which is kind of strange. So my review will be completely unbiased. And oddly enough, I actually do like this stuff, but th there are some pros and cons. You'll have to wait for the video to uh, hear all about it. Next up, we're going to be making a video about essentials for trail running in the spring and summer. Uh, I made a video, I think last year, that's kind of like things to bring on your long run, but I'm going to kind of cater it more towards the time of year. Right now, it's kind of spring shoulder season here in New England, where there, it could be pretty cold and it could be pretty warm and kind of everything in between. So I just kind of want to show what I put in my trail running vest when I leave for a long run or for an ultra marathon. And I'm going to have sort of an essentials breakdown in that video. Working on that now, kind of scripting it out. I haven't really filmed anything for it yet, but it is in the works. I've also got an entire video about my favorite trail running jacket for the spring. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is because I would just give away the whole video, but it is a uh, something I 
have in my closet and I just love having in my vest. So lightweight that I put it in there, whether or not it's going to be required or not. Uh, it's kind of like a no brainer. So there's that. And then finally, I've got a video coming about water filters for trail running because that's again, another topic you don't see talked about a lot on YouTube and maybe it's super niche. There's not a lot of people who are filtering their own water, but personally, when I go for like a trail run in the mountains around here, I bring a water filter because there's no aid stations. If you're solo, <laughs> you got to deal with it yourself. So I end up filtering my own water and filling up my bottles and my camelback or whatever I have with me. <clears throat> and I thought it might be an interesting topic to talk about, about what I use and how I've kind of customized it to be super quick. So I'm not spending a whole bunch of time wasting it by uh, the stream filtering water. And finally, uh, the other video I'm still working on, but I haven't gotten to is again, this is I think the third podcast I've talked about these shoes, the Ultra Mont Blanc shoes. I've continued to run in them. I have a video coming on them. I just haven't gotten around to doing it. That's right at the top of my list though, because it's something I've been meaning to do. I've just been so dang busy that I haven't gotten around to it. And speaking of busy, some insight into the inner workings of the Dylan fam family right now, what's going on uh, behind the scenes. Uh, if you don't know, I've got four kids ranging from seven months old, baby, to nine years old, basically going on 30, and everything in between. So we've got our hands full here. But not only that, we've been uh, also like getting our house ready for to be put on the market. And we've uh, we actually had an open house last weekend, and we've got showings. I've actually got some showings today, and it is a lot. Like keeping a house like spotless clean with four kids is nearly impossible. My wife and I actually dropped our kids off at their grandparents' house over the weekend and made them sleep there so we could keep the house spotless as long as possible. But as soon as they got home for just like two hours, they were able to trash the place all over again. Um, just the reason I'm mentioning that is basically the lack of content I've been creating lately. These podcasts are pretty easy to do. I'm just literally sitting here talking to a microphone but videos take a lot more work and energy and scripting and things like that. And I've just been struggling to find the time. So uh, apologies if you've been subscribed to the YouTube channel and I haven't been putting out enough content. I usually do like one or two videos a week, but lately I've been doing like one video every two weeks just because of how freaking busy I am right now. It's, I hate it. I hate, I hate the feeling of being like overwhelmingly busy between like my real job in mechanical engineering and then getting our house ready and then looking for houses and all this stuff. And on top of that, obviously YouTube kind of takes the back seat because everything else is more of a priority, but it is frustrating because I love, I love putting, I love making videos and I like the YouTube thing. And, um, I enjoy the, uh, quote unquote grind of like getting a couple of videos out, out a week. It's really a satisfying experience for me. Unfortunately though, they, YouTube doesn't pay my mortgage, so I have to uh, make sure I prioritize my other obligations. So uh, with that, I apologize if you're, you've been waiting for videos. They're coming, and I've got a lot on the back burner. I've got my notes up on the screen, and it's overwhelming to look at because I've got like a Google Keep library of ideas for videos, and they're all coming. I just need to make some time to film them. Um, anyways, if you want to support the channel, like I said, the YouTube channel doesn't pay all the bills yet, but if you do want to help support the channel, check out the uh, Patreon link in the show notes of this podcast. Um, 
and, you know, contributing a couple of bucks a month just gets me that much closer to my goal of maybe doing this full time. I don't know if that's my goal or not, but it would certainly make life a lot more stress, less stressful, I think. Or maybe it might be more stressful. I don't know. Man, I'm just rambling now. Anyways, uh, let's move on into the news. Uh, the first topic I got here is about the Whoop Band 4.0. If you don't know what the Whoop Band 4.0 is, it's a little wearable thing you put on your wrist or up on your bicep. You can actually wear it in your clothing, interestingly enough. That's basically a uh, heart rate sensor. That's kind of all it is. And it talks to the Whoop app on your phone, which is where the brains of the operation is. The The brains of the operation is really a uh, a, a really well-polished app with a uh, slew of tools that that kind of track your sleep and recovery and strain and kind of plot everything out for you. I really like the app and I like the experience of the Whoop Band. Um, but if you watch my review about it on YouTube, you'll notice that my main complaint was the price of it was 30 bucks a month, which is kind of a bummer. Unfortunately, that price hasn't changed yet. Uh, the subscription is still 30 bucks a month. But one major issue about the Whoop Band when it first came out is that you can get one. Like if you buy a Whoop Band, you have to wait for literal months to get one. Um, and this has been the case ever since launch day. They've really struggled to um, have them in stock for, for people to buy. So supply chain has been an issue for Whoop. So the news today is something they've been announcing on their website and even on uh, their newsletters in their email is that Whoop is now in stock. You can actually go on the Whoop website and buy a Whoop Band 4.0 in real time, have it shipped like the next day and have it in a few days. It's kind of big news, even though it shouldn't be. Uh, they've finally figured out the supply chain. Supply and demand has come down since the announcement. You can actually buy one now. Uh, on top of that, if you want to pick up a Whoop Band 4.0, I do have a link in the show notes of this podcast. Go check that out because that will actually give you one month free of the Whoop Band. It's a uh, affiliated link to Chase the Summit and it'll give you uh, $30 off of your Whoop Band or one month for free. So that's pretty cool. In any, in either case, the news about Whoop is that you can actually freaking buy one now, which it shouldn't be news, but it is. So there's that. Whoop Band 4.0. If you wanted one, go get one. Check out the link in the show notes. Next up, we've got some news from Fitbit. I think last week I mentioned that this was a feature coming out, or maybe two weeks ago. Um, Fitbit, Fitbit announced the irregular heart, heart rhythm notifications to come out to a bunch of their wearables, including the Fitbit Charge 5. Um, that has actually started to roll out via a firmware update. Uh, so if you have a Fitbit Charge 5, you will start to see this notification for a firmware update about this uh, new heart rhythm notification. Basically what this does is it tracks your heart rate throughout the day and it detects atrial fibrillation or uh, potentially a heart issue or a heart attack coming. And it has been FDA, FDA approved, I believe, for medical use. So uh, just like the Apple Watch did, they kind of followed the same path. This is a feature I don't really look for in a wearable. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully my heart's still working, but it is a, it's a very cool feature and it's very handy. I think for, you know, the, the older crowd, if you're up in your, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, and it's something you're concerned about, or maybe you have an underlying medical condition, or maybe, maybe a family history of, um, heart issues. This could be something that could be pretty valuable to you. 
So it's now available. It's no longer a rumor. It is available uh, and you'll see it in a firmware update on your Fitbit Charge 5 or any recent Fitbit wearable. There's a whole bunch of them uh, listed on the website. So that is coming. Next up, we've got some news from Apple. Uh, it's actually not news from Apple. It's rumors. Uh, we love to talk about Apple rumors, but this seems to be coming from a pretty credible source. So uh, what website does this come from? Let me see here. Yeah, it's actually on CNET's website, but I don't think they're the ones that broke the news here. It's from, hmm. Yeah, I don't, oh, Bloomberg, I think. Anyways, uh, there's a whole bunch of different sources on this, but it seems like it might be pretty credible. So there's a, a, a few new rumors for the Apple Watch Series 9, which is interesting. Uh, because we're on Apple Watch Series 7 right now. It looks like we're skipping over 8, or maybe this rumor is wrong. But uh, yeah, Apple Watch, or Watch OS 9. Sorry, it's not Apple Watch 9. <laughs> it's the firmware, the operating system. Watch OS 9. So there's some new rumors for Watch OS 9. And the first one being the most important to me is that uh, there's a new low power mode that's potentially rumored to come out on Watch OS 9. If you don't know, if you're not familiar with Apple Watches, they claim that they have excellent battery life and that they last all day. Now, in my mind, all day battery life equals 24 hours of battery life uh, because that is one day. One day equals 24 hours. But if you own an Apple Watch, you'll know in Apple world, one day equals 18 hours. <laughs> so they claim all day battery life. Uh, the, the Apple Watch Series 7 and Series 6 only lasts for 18 hours on a single charge. You can't do anything about that. You can turn down your brightness and turn off certain features and turn off your heart rate sensor and squeeze out a few more hours. But at the end of the day, they do not have great battery life and never have. And it's mainly because they've got a bunch of horsepower. They have a fast chip inside. Um, they do a lot of things. They have a very bright, vibrant, high resolution display. They've got a bunch of sensors. Uh, when you when you combine all those things and you put it in a very small footprint like the Apple Watch, you're not going to have good heart rate accuracy or not heart rate accuracy. You're not going to have good battery life. So it is what it is. And this is something that people have generally had to accept in the past. So the news here or the rumor, this is all leaked rumor information. So take it for what it's worth, um, is that Apple may be adding a new low power mode to watch OS nine. So this feature uh, would enables enable you to use the watch and disable certain parts of the watch, like the heart rate sensor, or maybe turn off background apps from running, um, and disable certain functionalities to preserve battery life. And I think that's the most important rumor I've seen so far, because if Apple found a way, even if it were to cripple the watch in some way, if Apple did find a way to extend that battery life to something usable, um, in my mind, you know, personally, I love the Apple Watch. I'm, I have nothing against Apple. I, I have a MacBook Pro recording my voice right now. I have an Apple iPhone 13 Pro next to me. I'm in the Apple ecosystem. I've got an iPad. I've got the Apple Watch. I've got the MacBook Pro. So I don't have anything against Apple. I think they make excellent products. But even though the Apple Watch is super cool, I can't live with it on a daily basis. It drives me bananas to have to plug that thing in 
in my car because I'm at 50%. Uh, you know, I wake up at five or 4 AM, you know, with the baby and then I do all my stuff. And then by the time I get to start driving to work, I'm already at like 50% on my Apple watch. It makes no sense how people live with them. Uh, the battery is just not good. So if this low power mode was intelligent enough to maybe have some in an, uh, some autonomous functions where it could uh, preserve battery life when you're not using it or when the screen is dimmed down or whatever, uh, that would be huge. If they could get the Apple Watch to a point where it had two to three days of battery life, it would be a total game changer. They would change the game because a lot of people buying Garmin's and Coros and Polar and Sunto, Amazfit, every all those other brands are buying them because they're not they're not happy with the battery life they're getting from an Apple Watch. It's not entirely that, but I think that's a big reason. So I think that's big news coming from Apple or at least rumors coming from Apple. Uh, next up on this same rumor list, there's a few other features that are potentially coming like car crash detection. They'll actually pick up if you are in a car accident, it'll, you know, alert your friends and family or maybe um, 911 or uh, emergency services which is interesting because they do have uh, like fall detection for bike riding and running already. So this would probably just piggyback on that feature. And maybe when it detects that you're in a vehicle traveling a certain speed and when there's an abrupt stop and the accelerometer triggers, they'll know that something bad has happened. They'll be able to contact emergency services. I think that's actually a very smart feature and um, maybe uh, other brands should think about doing something like that like even, you know, Garmin. Um, yeah, so pretty cool. Uh, all of this is expected to come in September. Obviously, September is a big time of year for Apple and everybody else to release new things. So I, I would guess we'll see a Apple Watch Series 8 in September and then Watch OS 9 will also come at the same time. And hopefully it gets, you know, backwards ported to the Series 6 and Series 7 to keep those up to date. So that is the Apple Watch news for today. I hope you enjoyed that. Next up, we're moving on to earbuds. We've got uh, some leaked information about the new Sony earbuds called LinkBuds S. If you've been following my YouTube channel, uh, I think last month I posted a review of the new Sony LinkBuds. And if you haven't seen that or don't know what the LinkBuds are, the Link Buds are actually a super interesting pair of earbuds. They actually look like a donut. They don't have, they're like the first earbuds I've ever seen that have a hole in them. And the purpose of the hole is to allow outside noises into your ear while you're using the earbuds. So the, the driver, the speaker on the earbud is actually round with a hole in the middle. So it's projecting sound into your ear, but at the same time, you can still hear what's going on in the world around you. This is particularly important if you're a runner or a cyclist and you want to listen to your music or your podcast while you're out doing an activity, but you still want to be aware of what's going on around you. You don't want to get hit by a car or a train or a bus or something. You can hear everything around you. Um, personally, I've really liked the Link Buds. Generally, I've had a pretty positive experience with them, but they're not all sunshine and roses. There are some issues, like they don't get really loud and it's mainly because of that design. So this new Link Buds S from Sony uh, are a similar idea, like the rendering that that's been leaked on the website 
is like, it looks more like a traditional earbud and less like a donut, but there is a big, huge vent in the back of the earbud, like a little screen. And I guess the idea is it's using the same technology, but with an optional, like close back system. So you can either have them in close back mode or you can have them in transparency mode and then open up that vent. And when you open the vent, you're allowing the sound around you to get into your ears. Super cool idea. And I think we've kind of hit a brick wall when it comes to like innovation in the earbud space. Everything's been done already. Active noise cancellation, um, great sound, you know, very low profile, waterproofing, blah, blah, blah. Like everybody's just regurgitating the same thing. And there's really not a whole lot of innovation going on in the earbud space. And there's so many of them out there. Like if you go on Amazon and type in earbuds, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of brands out there. I know because they all send me samples and I've got like a literal pile of earbuds to go through. Um, anyways, I'm just excited to see something new, some new innovation here. And I wouldn't be surprised if other brands like cheaper brands start kind of running with this idea as well, because it's super cool. Anyways, that's the only leak information about the earbuds. I'm interested to see what comes of this and hopefully, hopefully I can get a pair and uh, review them on the channel. Okay, next up, we've got some news from Peloton. Um, Peloton has increased its subscription fee for the first time ever, <laughs> which is uh, kind of amazing because I thought the subscription was borderline crazy. So if you don't know, uh, it's about $39 per month for the Peloton subscription. And that is if you have a Peloton tread or a bike. And they've just increased the price from $39 up to $44 per month for that subscription. The reason they did this is because they wanted to lower the barrier to entry into the Peloton ecosystem by lowering the price of their hardware. Right now, their hardware is very expensive. So what they're doing here is they're actually bumping up the subscription price in lowering the hardware price, but not by much. <laughs> so the, t the Peloton tread, the treadmill they make was previously, uh, 28.99, I think, or 28.95. That's a uh, us dollars by the way. And now it's going to be 26.95. So they're cutting the price of the treadmill to from two, you know, down $200 from that 28.95. So a lower price on the hardware is welcome, but personally, if you ask me, I would rather spend more upfront in less per month. And I feel like if I'm buying a $3,000 treadmill, I should get something free, <laughs> like a monthly subscription for free, but that's not the way of the world anymore here in 2022 subscriptions for everything, including your treadmill. And they're not the only ones doing this. Like, you know, even if you buy a Nordic track, you're going to have a subscription for that as well, which I hate uh, the iFit um, I stuff. I actually have a Nordic track treadmill and we do pay the monthly fee um, because my wife does enjoy the workouts that are on iFit. I personally don't really use them, but I do see the benefit and, you know, she likes, uh, you know, running with Tommy Rivs and things. Uh, so we keep that subscription alive. And but I think the Nordic track one's like 30 bucks. So Peloton is now up to $44, a, a good, you know, $14 more per month compared to iFit. It's a big leap, but I know a lot of people do love Peloton. So 
they'll probably just continue to pay and not complain about it. Because if you're in that ecosystem, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to just stop paying? <laughs> probably not. Okay, uh, next up, we've got some news from a brand called Fitcher. F-I-T-U-R-E. Fitcher, almost like future. Uh, so Fitcher has made a smart mirror. This mirror is 68 inches tall and it's 43. It's got a 43 inch LCD display built into it and it weighs about 60 pounds. This mirror has similar tech to like the Peloton guide. If you don't know what the Peloton guide is, it's essentially a camera, like a, uh, almost like Garmin or not Garmin, uh, Xbox connect, like that little camera you put on top of your Xbox that kind of tracks your movement except these are designed to watch you work out. So the Peloton guide will actually watch you do push-ups and sit-ups and work out while you do a guided workout through the Peloton app. And the idea here is that it will help you improve your form and let you know what you're doing wrong. So Fitcher, this mirror that's come out, is kind of the same thing. It's a mirror with a big screen built into it and a camera that will actually track how you're working out and display workouts on the screen, as well as showing you working out, like using the mirror to see yourself. And in that display, it'll show you what you're doing wrong. If maybe your your knees or, or your elbows are a little low when you're doing a push-up or a sit-up, or you're doing like a core workout. Um, so the whole idea here is guided workouts and feedback to let you know if your form is correct, if you're getting the best, the most out of the workout that you're doing. At launch, the uh, Fitcher Mirror will support up to 400 different workouts, uh, and it will cost around $1,495 for the mirror. That is just for the mirror. So on top of that, just like we were talking about with Peloton, you'll have to pay a $39 subscription fee, just like Peloton, right? Well, I guess $4, $5 cheaper now. Um, and this is all US dollars, by the way. So... 1500 bucks for the mirror and then 40 bucks a month to use the mirror and the service. Uh, I find this to be kind of interesting. I think the user, the user that would be interested in this is probably somebody who has a small apartment or maybe a studio apartment, or even somebody who lives, you know, in their parents' house or, uh, with roommates. And there's not really an area for like a gym or a workout area. You could just put this mirror like in your room and then uh, use that to work out every day. And because the footprint is so small, it basically looks like a freestanding mirror that takes up a small area. Like I said, it weighs about 60 pounds, but it's flat. It's not like a big thing. So you can like lean it against your wall and have it out of the way. And I think in that capacity, this could be kind of an interesting proposition to somebody, um, but the price is a little bit steep at $1,500 with $40 a month subscription. Also, I think another pro to this, something that might benefit people is that it actually looks nice, you know, as opposed to a treadmill or an elliptical or like a, a weight bench with um, dumbbells. Typically that stuff isn't very appealing looking. So again, if you have a studio apartment and you don't want to like clutter the place up with all kinds of different dumbbells and things, this mirror it's pretty minimalistic. It looks pretty cool. It's very futuristic looking. Um, so it can kind of just blend in and you don't have to worry about all that other equipment. Uh, so from in that sense, it's pretty interesting. 
the downside, it is very expensive. And personally, for me, uh, as somebody looking at this, I've never heard of the brand Fitcher. I don't know how long they've been around or what they're doing. Um, investing that much money in like an upstart thing, who knows how long this will be supported for, how long the monthly subscription will be supported for. And if they pulled the plug on the whole thing, and maybe they weren't selling enough or making enough money, you're going to be left with a $1,500 mirror uh, that doesn't do anything. So that is my concern about this feature mirror thing. Uh, I don't, I feel like it's a hard pill to swallow, uh, but you know, it is what it is. Some people might be into it. It also might just be like something that ends up at like, you know, Bath and Body Works or one of those big box home stores. And maybe they do sell a bunch of them because it is different and interesting. I don't know. Anyways, that is basically all the news for this week. Uh, it was kind of a quiet week in terms of fitness tech and wearable GPS watches and things like that. Uh, it, it wasn't super busy, so I don't have a whole bunch to talk about, but I did my best here and I shared it with you. Okay, so if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, I would appreciate it if you hit the follow button and maybe check out the Patreon page for behind the scenes stuff. Also, this is very important. I hope you're still listening because it's very important. If you do enjoy this podcast and you want to have a role in what content is featured here, hit me up on Instagram or any other means. You could go over to YouTube and leave a comment on any video. You could use my website, chasethesummit.com, hit the contact button and send me a message over there, or just go on Instagram and shoot me a DM. That would be great. And let me know what content you want to hear about on this podcast. Should I add more segments about like my personal life? Should we have guests on? And if I do have guests, what guests should I bring on? I've got a few in the works right now. And a couple of weeks ago, we had Rob from the Quantified Scientist on, which was a lot of fun. Um, but in the future, I want to have more guests because I enjoy talking to people in this kind of segment. It could be an endurance athlete. It could be like a fitness tech thing. It could be another YouTuber. It could be somebody from a podcast. I need some ideas, people. Shoot me a message on Instagram or on the website or whatever. Also, final plug for myself in this podcast. <laughs> um, speaking of the website, if you are interested in Chase the Summit merch, we've got t-shirts, hats, buffs, uh, running gear, all kinds of stuff, stickers. Uh, go check out the website at chasethesummit.com slash shop and check out the merch store because I've got a bunch of stuff there, including the Chase the Summit Ridgeline trucker hat, which I just got back in stock. I've got a huge box sitting next to me of, of Ridgeline hats and I've been shipping them out like crazy. So if you want one, get one while you can. All right, folks, we've reached the end of this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and I hope you can't hear my mailman's truck outside. Um, it's been real. I enjoy doing this. I want to keep doing this. Stay tuned for next week when I do another Fitness Tech Week in Review and uh, hopefully we get some more guests on like I was just talking about. Okay, before I start rambling on for the next 10 minutes, I'm just going to wrap this up now. Thanks again for listening and I will see you or you'll hear me next week. Okay, bye.